Welcome back to the muster on a Friday afternoon with Andy Muir. Andrew Alderson out of Newstalk ZB joins us for the first time this year. Alders, good afternoon. Greetings, Andy. We won't have to say Happy New Year because we're into the second month of the year, but nonetheless, trust you had a good break. Did indeed, and well, you know, it's effectively the New Year's too, isn't it? The kids go back off to school uh, come February, and yeah, uh, yeah it's, uh, that's when the year starts proper. As does the Test cricket season here in New Zealand, the Proteas, the under, underrated Proteas, I think it's fair to say, because of all their players staying home. Because of the way that T20 competition is going over there, and South African cricket sounds like it needs the money, but what the West Indies game told us the other day, orders is that the Black Caps need to be wary about the underdog. Do indeed, and uh, weren't they two cracking test matches? Uh, Australia against the West Indies, the Gabba, and then going to Hyderabad, uh, England, India, and uh, you know just to have those those tests on on TV screens, you know, watching as as neutrals and being able to sort of observe that. Uh, it was just it just made for a terrific time on the couch, really. Um, but in relation to this this test series coming up, uh, and I, I don't think the Black Caps are complacent by any stretch, but I I suspect the New Zealand public and cricketing public might be. Um, I don't think the South African side is going to be easy beats. And I mean, I reference it's a bit of that sort of baby black syndrome um, that if they're, they're thrown into this, but some of them have got terrific first class records, uh, even though they haven't got a lot of uh, test experience. They've got 51 caps across the, uh, the the squad. But, uh, you know, and, and you think about the, the historical context here too, Andy, and the fact that, you know, across 92 years, 47 tests, 16 series, New Zealand have never won uh, a series in that entire time. I know there's apartheid era in the middle there, but uh, against South Africa, which is uh, quite telling, I think, dating back to about 1932. So it's... Uh, it's a monumental ask, nonetheless. And I remember thinking when South Africa were out here last time, I think in the summer of 21-22, with uh, New Zealand winning that first test so comfortably uh, by, what, an innings and 276 runs and then you know, 198 runs South Africa coming back uh, with vengeance in the second at Hagley Oval. Uh, they are, yeah, they're a real, real powerhouse uh, in terms of depth, I think, still. Maybe powerhouse is too strong a word, but they've, they've got uh, the capability to, to really compete. And the fact is, we have never beaten South Africa in a Test series. That's right. That's right. So it's, uh, you know, the, I mean, they've been close so many times to be able to, to nail it down. I mean, the last series being that classic case in point. Um, but uh, yeah, you even think when they went ahead, you know, on occasion. Uh, but I think the 0304 series, uh, 94, 95, the, the Six Drugs and Rock and Roll Tour, uh, when they were up, I think before uh, uh, Boxing Day Test, and then uh, lost the last two. Um, it's a uh, it's it's a tough ask, and, and even at home, you know, over that period of time, much like uh, most like the Springboks, the difficulty in beating them uh, in series down through the years as well. The '95, the Rock and Roll Tour, of course, and marijuana was smoked by a few players, and that was infamous at the time. I remember it well, and Jeff <laughs> Howarth, of course, and just he what the players came out and said, and it was just pandemonium. It was indeed. Yet they were doing so well to start that series with a win. So just cricket across the board, though, Alders, I mean, we look at ODIs, One Day Internationals, they're pretty much a dying, it's a dying art form now, unfortunately, isn't it? Uh, yeah, well, I, 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 it's, it's, it's a long demise, I suspect, but, you know, and it will, again, I guess, go into hibernation, if you like, after the, uh, the World Cup uh, at the end of last year uh, in India, and... Yeah, I mean, New Zealand won't play for, for some months, um, but not until the back end of the year. 
And yeah, I mean, I think you're looking at tests and you're looking at T20s. I mean, effectively, and this is this is where cricket is going. And until the administrators of the actual national boards do something about it, it's a it's a, a foregone conclusion, I suspect, where T20 leagues and uh, uh, infiltrating around the world. Players are going to end up getting uh, contracted to franchises across a number of competitions. We're already seeing it, um, you know, from teams in the IPL who are expanding their tentacles into the likes of South Africa and the Caribbean, etc. And you know, the uh, the ILT20 in in Dubai. Uh, it's um, it's it seems inevitable. That's because it's so lucrative. And in, in you know, America, of course, next on the list as well. Um, just the story this morning about Ricky Ponting potentially coaching the uh, and trying to find room to coach the Washington Freedom, uh, but trying to work around his commentary commitments uh, to the, the T20 World Cup in the US and the Caribbean uh, in June. Uh, it's I think it's a, an inevitable slide, if you like. I mean, I just feel like tests are being, you know, the importance of them are being eroded, and we've just seen how great they can be with the, the Shamar, Joseph, Tale, uh, and even, you know, Ollie Pope. Uh, delivering that 196 against the odds in Hyderabad, um, it, it's still the best form of the game for me. But uh, I suspect the purists are going to be uh, few and far between before long. Is this all due to India and the massive cricketing economy that it possesses? Yeah, I think so. And I think that T20s are a compelling spectacle for a great proportion of the of the population. Um, there's a, a burgeoning middle class in India who can pay for the tickets. The grounds are generally always full for IPL. But for in other parts of the world as well, there's more people going to T20 than there are tests. I think in most parts of the world, and, and um, you know, if you even look closer to home, I mean, New Zealand against Pakistan recently, um, what three of those games sold out? Uh, one of them almost sold out uh, at Hagley, in addition to the first match, and Eden Park even getting 20,000 in. Um, there is a market for that with uh, you know, people who are time poor uh, in this day and age. It was fascinating over the summer period, though, the way that during the cricket commentary there was a bit of NRL talk to the point that one of the commentary team came out and said, this is cricket season, we're not talking rugby league, but it just shows the push-through that NRL is trying to get at the moment, and arguably they're doing it well, remembering, especially with Australian markets, the Australian market, they're competing with AFL on such a cutthroat level. Yeah, and it it also pushes a further point. I mean, you look at that Australian market and... I know that you know. I mean, rugby's always been number one in New Zealand, but rugby trying to compete uh, against those as well. In addition to the league, I mean, league's doing a great job of it at the moment because of the, I guess, the robust competition. Uh, but rugby just has always, uh, you know, played a role as sort of second tier, if you like, uh, there, and you know, had those golden periods, I guess, through you know the likes of Nick Farr Jones and John Eels when they were captaining the Wallabies, etc. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's always been a mission. So, yeah, I just think that, um, yeah, the NRL and the AFL, they're, they're, yeah, I mean, the A-League's doing their best as well. I mean, moving to sort of that summer league type scenario and, uh, you know, cricket's always number one in the summer. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's good competition. And competition against other leagues is competition as well. Super rugby in Australia, though, arguably on its, on its knees at the moment with what's yeah. happened with the Melbourne Rebels. This is bad news for the game in Australia. Well, yeah, that's the, the point I'm making, isn't it? Really? I mean, I guess that they that they're um, got a real struggle ahead there. Um, but you know, I see some commentators saying that uh, you know the Rebels potentially going to have their best playing year. Um, but then, of course, financially, if you're going into voluntary administration, I mean, that can't sit easily with the playing group. You know, it's with people sort of trying to to get off a sinking ship, if you like. Uh, that makes uh, for for a real struggle and hard to get. 
I guess, that motivation or get that uh, camaraderie or morale uh, in the group. So it'll be, yeah, a difficult ask, I think, uh, over the course of, of Super Rugby Pacific, uh, in that realm particularly. Good on you, Alders. Always appreciate your time. Enjoy the TT series coming up. Oh, look, can't wait. It's been, it's been too long. Andrew Alderson out of Newstalk ZB. Always appreciate his time here on the muster. Friday afternoon, up next, Robbie Shefford, a.k.a. the Goose Rooter from Geraldine. He's in town for the show tomorrow. We catch up for a chat. Yeah.